Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Stand Up New York Labs production, providing you podcasts since 2013. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento, 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 Sacramento. Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 131. My name's Turner Sparks. And I am Kaplan. You can find me at Turner B Sparks on Twitter. You can find Kaplan at K-A-P Cap in America on Twitter. Also, we're on Instagram. Where are we, Cap? First off, I have a big announcement. I hit 300 followers on Twitter this week oh, before we even got the big studio. So wait, I'm, gonna, I'm on my way to 400 soon. Look out, and, Cardi B. Yeah, look out. And on Instagram, I'm also Cap in America, Cap with a K for our new listeners. And uh, we're lost in America. And you're Turner Sparks. I am Turner Sparks. And on the podcast, well, first of all, should we address where we are? We're in a new location. We have real mics. Took us 131 episodes to get. But this is better than Emmy award winning sound. This is Oscar award winning sound. We have real mics. We have head. We have headphones. headphones. We have producer Matt. Glad to have you guys here. Yeah, wow. a producer who talks. Other than that, other mute. <laughs> it's a real person. Randy Lee did not know how to talk into a microphone. We're in stand up labs, high above stand up New York Comedy Club in Manhattan. We've made it. Big United time. States America. Yeah. On the podcast today. We have Dan Dolgen, Kaplan. The Dan Dolgen. He was in, he has an insane story, so we got to hear the whole thing. Dan was in counter terrorism, uh, CTU or whatever they call it, in, <laughs> down there in Washington, D.C., nation's capital. And then he, uh, let's see, he quit because I guess terrorism, we, we solved. We solved over. it. Did After 9 11, he joined the counter terrorism department, I'm sure he's going to tell us. And then, yeah, we solved it. Problem went away. He moved on. So this Bigger. is more of a victory parade for him. <laughs> victory parade. He quit that because it was done. It he was went boring. on to selling hemp. Oh. Growing exactly. hemp. I, I don't know. He has a hemp farm in upstate New York. No one I, ever goes there, so no one yeah. knows. We don't know if it's legal he, or illegal. He learned about it when he was uh, off in Afghanistan, I'm sure. So, <laughs> yeah. From the, from the local warlords. They so taught him. <laughs> before, before we screw up his story more, we're going to get the full story in a few minutes. Before all that, Kaplan, yeah. I got some shows coming up. Oh. I got, first of all, thank you to everyone who came out to uh, Northern California a few weeks ago. Miami last week. I am tomorrow night. I'm in Washington, D.C. at the Beer Baron Comedy Loft Tavern. It has like seven names. They uh, really got to fix, fix their uh, marketing. But next Friday night, 
November. Let's see. No, no. What month November, is it? November. Yes. We're June 7th. <laughs> June 7th. Friday night. I will be recording my album at the Friars Club in New York City. 7.30 p.m. show. 9.30 p.m. show. Two shows to pick from. Get your tickets. TurnerSparks.com. Get your tickets to everything at TurnerSparks.com. Kaplan, you're coming. I'm coming. Yeah. Not performing, people who've asked. Oh. I'm just, people say, like, uh, they, they're ready for me to do a comedy special. Next say, album. Slow the roll. <laughs> Not quite there yet, guys. So I'm coming to support, though. And That's- I'll be laughing. Well, that's how it works in like Miss Maisel and everything. She does one show. Yeah, by that, by this arc, in the arc in that show, I'd be, I'd be a star by you now. You do so. one show at a club and then you do your I album. I got drunk. I showed my boobs and I should have an album. Yeah, so but. is Randy Kaplan coming? Randy Kaplan's coming. Is and Dr. Bob I, coming? I want the whole family. I should. He's a good audience member. He's we need good, you. Good, a good laugh. We need Dr. Bob Kaplan. We need. Uh, I, I got my crazy uncle. We need, we need Uncle Michael. He's <laughs> a big laugher. Another big laugher. We need everybody. I, right. If anyone's listening to this right now, if you have a good laugh, I'm talking to you. Even if you have a bad laugh. Who cares? I'll take a bet. I'll right. take, just take a laugh. I'll take anything at this point. <laughs> I need to fill that room. It's going to be on a record label. It's going to go on a Sirius XM radio. But before all that, I can't have six people uh, sitting in a room. I could do that in my living room. And yeah. then, you know, they're not going to put that on the radio. So, Cap. Also, oh, Amazon. Yeah. They still support us? Are they, well, they're removed? back now. Yes. We've been I, making a ton. We've been, not a t- we, can't, we shouldn't say a ton of money. No. We've been doing all right recently. But we, we need you guys to contribute. To, if you want to contribute to this show, no one wants to give us money. Mm-hmm. This is 2019. People don't like giving people money. No. P- very, t- people are not charitable anymore. But at, this is also 2019, and everyone shops on Amazon because it's the law. Yeah. So if you want to go and support us in our new studio space and show your support for the pod in a weird way you that think, I can't even explain. You think producer Matt comes cheap? <laughs> that guy, no. He, he drove a tough bargain. Thousands of dollars a week we're paying this guy. <laughs> wow, really. But uh, so, yeah, go to Amazon, lostinamericapod.com, click on the Amazon link on the top, and do your regular shopping. Yeah, it'll take you back to Amazon, do your shopping. A percentage of what you buy comes to us. Now, Cap, should we get to Lost in America? Let's play the music. Is we still the same music? Still, of course. We- All right, play the same music. Play the music. <laughs> Back, Kaplan. We're both lost in America this week. Yeah, we're, we, we're adjusting. Is, I'm. Are you nervous? I think I'm nervous. I'm a little nervous. I'm looking around this wall. There's like comedy albums from all the greats. Here. I yeah. In this studio we're in, I'm seeing Dangerfield. I'm seeing Steve Martin. I'm seeing Richard Pryor, and it's making me nervous that I don't belong in this room. Cheech and Chong. Well, Cheech. no. What I'm ner- what I'm upset about is that I don't see my album up there anymore. Well, you haven't. It's kind of come out yet. I'm sure there's a space right there. I can issue them a pre-pre. It's not even recorded. Do you yet. have a picture yet? I give them a pre-recorded. <laughs> I want it up there by the end of by by a couple months from now when this comes up. I better be or right, else we right quit. under Bob Newhart. That's your spot. Yeah. Sure. All right, unless we quit. All right. Or else we We're making quit. demands right We're off the bat. We're making demands right away. We're in a new studio. There's a whole network. There's other. I think Sherrod Small's on this network. We've got to pick a fight with him. Yeah, someone got fired, I heard, right, for us to have the space. Is that what happened? Oh, yeah. A lot of people, They we told them. We said, if you want us, you got to get rid of half this um, roster of podcasts. And they said, okay. Because, you know, John B. downstairs does whatever we want him to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so, so this is exciting. We landed on our feet for those who were worried last week. That, yeah, so uh, if you're in a real studio with a real network, number one, you have to pick fights, right, with yeah. other shows. I learned that from Howard Stern. Basically. That's how you move up the ladder, because <laughs> no one's heard of us, right. but people have heard of them. Yeah, so if we pick punch a fight, up, they say, punch yeah, up. Yeah, because if they, if they take the bait and fight us, boom, then people... All right, don't tip your hand. 
It's supposed to be a surprise when we fight, start fighting. They might hear that and start fighting us first, and then it backfires. No, that'll be good too. Any fight's a good fight. That's what they say. All right. And how much? What do you? Here's my main question. What are you going to do with all the free time you have now that you don't have to edit the podcast? I don't know. Right, like, I, are you going to like take up a hobby, start reading books? I know because I was spending hours. <laughs> I was spending like a day a month, a day a week. Uh, yeah. Previous 130 yeah. weeks. Previous you should have heard the stuff he was cutting out. I was, I was, I was ripping every minority group on the planet. Every single. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. There's no more. Uh, we can't cut anymore. So I got to be careful. We got strict. Uh, <laughs> producer Matt gave us strict guidelines. No more cutting. Or if we want to cut, it's only a couple times. We have to be very vigilant with it. Yeah. So we get like it's like you have challenges in football or you know tennis where you have like I got three challenges an episode. Yes. Okay. All right. Cut and that then another and... thing that's part of the deal of working here, we're going to be doing more live podcasts downstairs. Oh, good. Everyone's excited for my our Facebook and emails pestering them to come. I'm sure well, that means more stand up from you. That does. I got to come up with some more material. Cap, you've guaranteed that you will do stand up comedy at our live podcast, right? I have. You're not going to go around town. Not, not going around town. Go no. to open. You got it. I got it. Why would give it away that people aren't going to come to live pods? You got to be exactly. exclusive. Exactly. So I'm already a little nervous because uh, Matt Goldich was our friend from the old Sorry Been So Busy podcast. Which oh yeah, they you know, uh, they felt they they uh, rest in peace to those guys. Rest in peace. We outlasted them. Did they? Did they? Were they here? Did we kick them? No, out? they were. They were no. They were another space. But, oh, okay, uh, good. But he told me he's like, oh yeah, everybody does great the first time it's the second time when things usually go wrong that's 100 percent true oh, i fuck. crushed the first time and bombed <laughs> so hard the second time i did comedy but no i think we're also going to have to up, keep upping it with mm. more new people who've never done comedy before so okay producer matt are you have you done stand-up i did about six months of open mics perfect oh, and wow. be in next next, there we go for us that's see? uh because everyone quality. wants to see a new, you have to have a new person every time. New person every can't time. Can't just be me and you. Can't be. All right, so I, we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll make some deals. We'll have your wives up one episode. It's just gonna really just keep everyone we know is gonna be doing stand up. You show up, <laughs> Doctor Bob, Doctor Bob. He's kind of... All right, so, great. And then, um, we have no more ints. Uh, thank you to ints yeah, one last time. Uh, one last thanks. We do. In all seriousness, we had a, you know they gave us a studio for free for 130 weeks. Right, well, we gave them Jennifer Miles Peak. We did. So we got them one really good answer. So thank you to them. And also, they're great. We're going to hopefully. I know I'm going to end up answering more now because I'm just ironic that way. So I'm going to be on there. So, but. All right, we're still in. I'm not giving them any more. That's my last plug. That's the last plug. That's the last plug. Cap. Should we get to our guest? Let's let's bring him in before the government realizes he's here and uh, (laughs) swoops him away. All right, Dan Dolgen, come on in. All right, we're back with our guest, Dan Dolgen. Dan, how you doing? I am well. I am well. This feels very professional. I don't know where you were before, but... This is yeah, very... I mean, we almost got thrown out before you came in. As you were coming, I knocked the microphone over. I almost spilled a coffee. I, I'm, a, I'm a disaster, but Cap, they, they Cap, threatened me. At our old studio, every single week, we had a desk that was the size of, like, two McDonald's Happy Meal Yeah, and Turner, we get so nervous because I put the coffee on there. I would always have all the mics and all the equipment on those, that tiny table, and then Cap would just put, like, a 32-ounce coffee on top of it. And I'd be like, you have to move your coffee. <laughs> I also can never figure... Well, now we know why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I also can never figure out how to tie the ropes, the uh, cord up at the end so that's now we don't have to worry about that anymore never figured it out 130 weeks never Cap figured it couldn't out couldn't figure out how to how to like properly coil, yeah coil a i only was a film student in college but anyway so dan welcome to the show thank you you have a crazy story that we need to hear all about so first of all you were in counterterrorism. i was yes for years uh about five years five years and what? where were you based i worked for the national counterterrorism center in dc everything has an acronym so nctc NCTC. NCTC. It was one of those post 9 11 creations uh, when they looked back and, and tried to figure out 
kind of what led to that. They realized they needed a fusion center of sorts that would combine intelligence, analysis, operations, strategy into a single center. Um, and that's where uh, was, I worked. Was it under, like, was the FBI above? or, or It was the, sort of a... a uh, we worked for the White House, okay. um, and all the various agencies kind of fed their counterterrorism stuff into that center. And I, I did the very nebulous term of strategic operational planning, which, you know. That what is that? Like <laughs> what everybody puts on their resume. <laughs> what, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, it means basically when the White House would put out a policy, let's say they wanted to do something in Yemen, it was uh, our office's job to figure out who all the various stakeholders were, CIA, Pentagon, FBI, DHS, and write a strategy that made sure we were all working on the same sheet of paper. So almost a, a conductor of, of sorts. Were you the guy that like, they would come in and you'd be like, boss, we got an F01 on the 2745. And he's like, in English, please. <laughs> and you're like, they bombed the White House. And then, <laughs> uh, a little bit, yeah. It was, uh, it was, sometimes it was, um, it, it was like being a, uh, 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 you know, the guy who guides planes in safely, I guess. It was, and you, you did that. Nothing crashed in your watch? I did. Nothing crashed. Okay. As you said, we solved terrorism. We're all good. Yeah, so. we're good. What years yeah. were you there? I was there 2006 to 2010-ish. So tail okay. end of uh, Bush, beginning right. of Obama. We can't blame you for WMD. That was, that that was, was not right. you. That was before my time. Yeah. Iraq was before my time. 9-11. I did nothing. Before your time. Yeah. Not blaming you for 9-11 either. That's right. <laughs> Under that? my watch. You, you came know. in late and left early. <laughs> yeah. I did. Exactly. <laughs> Wait. So the, is, uh, can I, a question is, is ISIS gone now? <laughs> Don't they say that ISIS is gone, or that we like they have I think no Trump land? Trump says that sometimes. Yeah, they they are are uh, dispersed. Let's let's. They have that's no. How I would look. Was at that space? your policy? That was that. I idea? mean, I was there before. That ISIS. was uh, your plan. Uh, we, was we were <laughs> get rid of ISIS, and they we were did more it? we were more Al Qaeda focused at oh. that point. And, you know, that's they're gone now. So you know, are they? Uh, they're they're very sleepy. Al Qaeda or ISIS? Uh, Al Qaeda. Oh. Until they hear this pot. Until yeah, that's right. And now they're like, oh, he said we're done. <laughs> yeah, oh, done. that's why I had to go to upstate New York. I had to go, you know, ferret them out. If you're gonna hide anywhere in the world, upstate New York's probably the the nice. place. So, to any go. wild things you were working on while you were there? Um, I did. Um, I did countering terrorist use of the internet. So part of what I, I worked on was when Bin Laden, who was alive at the time would put out a, a speech it was uh my job to help figure out how we should approach that do we uh kind of take that site down do we milk it for intelligence um do we combat it with some messaging things like that how sophisticated was his um like internet stuff at the time it was very good so, i mean it was more the couriers which if you watch i guess uh, uh zero dark 30 yeah, yeah. You know, that type of stuff you can see you know, they operated with a very sophisticated set of w handing off messages, making sure not, you know, that that there wasn't a direct link that went back to wherever wherever he was. So it was, yeah, it was pretty sophisticated. I mean, they had, they operated like an organization. They they actually had people who would file reports for you know back pay or for expenses and things like that. <laughs> oh I mean, really? They, oh, they, they expense you know, account. You have they to remember bin, bin deductible. That's like cap. <laughs> Did yeah, they, deductibles. I mean, yeah. you have to remember that. Bin Laden, you know, came from a very wealthy Saudi construction family, so he wasn't, 
you know, he was an amateur. Yeah, he wasn't an amateur. But he, he didn't like turn his location services on his phone or anything. That's, that's not yeah, how he got him. That's, with your that's right. So they had overtime and all that kind of stuff. They, yeah, HR overtime. department. They had HR department. <laughs> that's pre me too, though. So Excuse they, me. <laughs> someone said something derogatory. I mean, a lot in the of office. A, a lot of the you know, if you look at you know intercepts of, of messaging, a lot of it had to do with people griping about shit that you. I'm out of the curse on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. All right, a lot of you know griping about stuff that you know we would gripe about in corporate America. I mean, it's. <laughs> It's pretty, pretty They're wild. standing around the water cooler talking pretty about much. Game of Thrones or whatever was on. <laughs> That's 2000. There you go. Wow. So, so and then you were in you, you were in Afghanistan or Iraq? So or? yeah, as as part of when I worked there, um, I I went over briefly to Iraq and Afghanistan to kind of get a bird's eye view of what was happening on the ground. And um, yeah, it was it was, uh, it was fascinating. Just to kind, I was there. I mean, I don't want to pretend I was there for any length of period of time, but you know, three three or four days in Iraq and then right to Afghanistan. Well, you could say you weren't. De- those only days are declassified. Those right. Exactly. Days. Obviously, exactly. wink. We're all winking here. We know. <laughs> so what, her, what 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 were you doing while you were over there? Uh, talking to, um, you know, various officers and, and, uh, folks involved in the CT mission there. Um, we did take, uh, it was interesting one night was, we were in, um, when we were in Iraq, we were in, um, uh, what's the name of the, the base or Bagram air force base. Actually that's Afghanistan, uh, Balad air force base in, uh, in Iraq. And we were doing a, uh, going to get a briefing in the green zone, which is in, uh, Baghdad. That's the good part. That's the good yeah, part. Green zone. <laughs> and we were, um, so it was at night and we were flying under the cover of, of night and whatnot. And we had to get all suited up. And I'm, it's me and, you know, a bunch of analysts and State Department weenies. And we're not, I, like pencil I said, pushers. Yeah, pencil pushers, the whole thing. <laughs> so, you know, we're putting on the flap jackets and everyone's got a little bit of nervousness to it. And they, we get on these big Chinooks, um, you know, to fly over there. And, the, you know, the back is down and they're, you know, you know, uh, Army Rangers uh, and, you know, out the window with their machine guns and we're flying over the the Tigris River and all of a sudden they start unloading their their weapons and we're all looking at each other like what the hell is on going you on? No. <laughs> yep. uh, uh, into the into the air basically oh. down, down into the ground we thought oh were we God. taking fire here like what the hell is going on so no one knew they weren't explaining to us what was going on we finally land in the green zone and I asked one of the guys like what, you know what the fuck <laughs> basically and he you know he said well, when they fly over the tigris it's really their only opportunity to clean their their weapons out so I would have liked to know that <laughs> maybe like before, <laughs> like, what? hey, guys, you know, 10 minutes in, you know, don't get alarmed if we're f- firing right, into cool. into the river down there. So is that how they yeah. just fuck with you? Is that, that I, you know, it's part of it is probably how they fuck with you. You know, they probably like we have a we have a whole helicopter full of, of State Department guys. Right. And, you know, oh my they're God. like these guns aren't we have to see if they're working. Right yeah, or pretty much. Yeah. I don't you know. I don't buy the story, but it certainly mm. whatever they were trying to accomplish. They had to tell you that they took someone out. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So where are we now? I don't know how much you still follow, but where are we now compared to where we're at that time in progress in the Middle East? Because like, as as the average person, (laughs) you have no idea. (laughs) I do follow it. I mean, I still have friends who who are there, and I think you know it's not something that's ever going to be solved. Extremism is always going to exist. You know, there's debates about how much you do. Um, kind of forward deployed, how much aggressive action you take versus, you know, defensive action in terms of securing the homeland, securing the borders, making hard, you know, infrastructure, critical infrastructure hard and, and hard to attack and penetrate. So, look, I think after 9-11, we've, we've come a very long way in terms of understanding what the problem is helping combat re- extremism online and, and um, but it, it's always going to exist. It's always going to be a problem. It's, it's, it's a little like whack-a-mole, you know, and you just kind of, you, you have to get better at it and you have to, 
um, you know, always, always be ready for it. But, uh, you know, it's not something that's going to go away in, in entirety. And then why? Sorry to be a downer. That's but. a bit of a downer, yeah. I thought. <laughs> I think we all kind of knew. knew that. Like they're working on a secret computer virus over there at NCST, whatever. And they're just gonna take them all down, <laughs> make them all Christian. Right, right. <laughs> there you go. That'll solve things. <laughs> and then why would you decide to leave? I left. Um, I was just kind of a little burnt out from DC and the Beltway and uh, oh, the Beltway, the Beltway, and uh, you know I. I Langley, <laughs> <laughs> all the politics, I, and, and and I I got an offer from an, an old uh, boss of mine who ran N, NYPD Counterterrorism, who was starting his own private firm. And uh, to be honest, he offered me a pretty good salary. I want I'm from New York. I I really was, I was hoping that I'd have a career that would weave in and out of 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 government and private sector. And I wanted to be very sort of balanced and and, and have something you know that was it was less of a straight path. Uh, ironically, I, I got exactly what I wished for, but it wasn't what I thought was going to happen when I left. So I, um, yeah, I took this job in the private sector and uh, doing basically security consulting a lot for uh, Abu Dhabi and Dubai and, and kind of the Gulf states over there, but um, was based out of New York. And I, I, uh, so yeah, I took that and did that for a few years. Um, and uh, yeah, you want me to tell you how I got into farming, or I don't know if that's no, like, yeah, the natural. That was, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my next question. And one day you're just like, hmm, yeah, I need to, I need to go left field here. So for you, our audience, you went from that to growing hemp I, in upstate New York. I did, yeah, yeah. So, very common. <laughs> it's like a. How do you find the land to grow? Because how much land do you have? Uh, we have about twenty five hundred acres. And how you don't just stumble into that? No, no. So there's there's a story. Good question. Here, <laughs> it's called investigative <laughs> journalism. Yeah. Um, so basically, I, as I was asked to be the chief security officer for a medical marijuana company that was putting in for one of the licenses here in New York. So what does that mean, security? Um, basically, helping. Um, uh, figure out uh, how to secure the grow area, how to secure the dispensaries, you know. But how it's to, like literally security, phys- like physical, standing outside with potheads coming in and stealing yeah, your stuff. Yeah, yeah, Well, if you think about it, the, the, the cannabis industry, well, the, the illegal, the illicit aspects of it, the, the marijuana, more in the marijuana side, is a cash business. And they're moving tons of cash every day. And they're also moving, you know, crop. And so if you have a medical marijuana license, which was the only kind of legal um, aspect of the business, you know, to get a license, they wanted to make sure that you had you had security in place all throughout the supply chain. Um, So that was what I was coming on to to assist with. Um, And we ended up not getting a license, which turned out to be a blessing because the program in New York is is a bit of a disaster, very narrow branded, and, and probably the company would have been out of business by now. Um, but the guy who was going to run it and was going to have the grow at his farm is my now partner, uh, business partner, Mark, just who had 23 years on Wall Street, ran equities at JP Morgan, and similar to me, just kind of got burnt out, didn't want to do it anymore, survived the, the 08 crisis. And want, he grew up on a small farm in Pennsylvania, wanted to get back to his roots. So he bought a farm <laughs> his roots. in 2008. And and it was a really defunct... But he was going to farm. Like he the, was going to farm, yeah. yeah like, he uh, was excited about some farming. Strawberries, some <laughs> 
he was um he was into big ag so big you know, egg? livestock oh. and uh organic hay and That's things in like that free range and all that yeah exactly so okay. um yeah he so how'd you get to the hemp so <laughs> that didn't make I'm any sorry, money <laughs> So basically, he bought the farm in 2008. He, he transitioned it to organic. And uh, after we didn't get the, the marijuana license, him and I really liked working together. And he said, hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing hemp. And you've got all this government background. I bet you can talk to the DEA and set them straight and <laughs> help figure out. Set them straight. <laughs> like, I bailed you guys out in exactly. Afghanistan at one time. You, know, you can talk the talk. There's a certain lingo. There's a certain code, code of, you know, oh. there's a brotherhood there. It's mm. a boys brother. club. Boy, it's old boys club. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I was fascinated by what I was doing. I was looking for a change and I thought it was, it was really interesting. I said, yeah, I'll help you figure out how to get a license. New York had just passed a law to allow, um, farmers to apply for a license to grow hemp. And, uh, is that medical or sorry, medical hemp? Is that how it works? Um, no. So hemp is, if you think of it like, uh, it's all cannabis. Right. And, uh, but they're two varieties of the same species. So you have marijuana, which has THC, the dreaded THC which is what gets you high. Okay. And then hemp is a variety of cannabis that has no THC. Wait, yours doesn't get us high? It cannot, unfortunately. Well, what are we even doing? I know. <laughs> what does it do? I know. You could smoke a whole football field of it, and you would you would just wow. get a headache. So I think I mixed up hemp with hash. Should I leave hash now? Gets that... you high. No, wait, but why was it illegal? It, that's the crazy thing. It was illegal because back in the 30s, hey, the country was founded on hemp. I'm not you know, trying to... To, uh, George Washington, to, all that big sort of stuff. hemp deal. You know, yeah. hemp was really what fueled the uh, the maritime economy because it was used for sail ropes and cloths and things like that. If actually, if you had a farm during the times of the Commonwealth, you it, you had to grow hemp. It was basically currency. You could pay your taxes in it. So really, did the British until, try to take our hemp? The British the British like ships would actually carry stocks of hemp seeds. So when they went to new countries, they would plant hemp and try and spread that as as a as a commodity. It was like an easy way to start growing and make money. Exactly. Cultural wow. appropriation. Yeah. Hemp. It was needed for, you know, the, the maritime economy at that point. And then in the 30s, when they started to have kind of this anti marijuana, you know, anti immigrant uh sentiment that was happening i'm unfamiliar with that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've never heard of that yeah so uh Someone doesn't know much about history right there's <laughs> a little lost there anti-immigrant and I they couldn't distinguish between you know hemp with no thc there wasn't they didn't know what thc was at right. that point so everything was considered marijuana basically and they oh. taxed it into oblivion it's just weird to be i mean i can see why people are anti-immigrant but anti-marijuana <laughs> <laughs> wait that's just stupid so so it was basically legal for a couple hundred years it was yeah i mean it, it, hemp is one of the oldest known commodity farming crops in I mean, they found they found hemp seeds in the egyptian tombs i mean it was oh. literally you know, b back when humans began to move from a hunter-gatherer society to agrarian society, hemp was was one of the core crops that they used. And then, um, was it a Puritan thing where they fit? They thought that you said they kind of mixed it up or combined it with with it was. Pot? You know, when you used to see those, like everyone's seen the um, the the commercials for uh, you know the anti-marijuana stuff back in like the '30s. That like, oh, you're gonna you know kill your family yeah yeah, yeah yeah that sort of stuff that's you know that's kind of what drew this this you know uh, this this push to eradicate it as as a crop it, at the same time there were other crops that were coming on that could do what hemp did so there were synthetics there was cotton you know there's the timber industry things like that were were now becoming part of you know american society as well so hemp was becoming less 
re- relevant as a crop to what it was, you know, previously since the, the dawn okay. of time. So why is it relevant now? So now what happened? So it was eradicated for you know eighty years and all then around the world or just in just the, the U.S. was yeah. what. Around the world, there was there was a lot of anti anti uh, cannabis laws as well. But the U.S., as we do in everything, kind of we lead you know, the way. We led the way, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know the '80s sort of say no. That sort no Same. one hemp became you know it wasn't being planted, so no one gave a shit about it, right. and it really it, it, it was like a political third rail. Well, I'm not going to legalize hemp. That's going to make me seem soft on crime. And yeah, there was drugs. no reason no. to go out of your way to do it. Right. So yeah. then the tobacco industry bottomed out. And uh, states like Kentucky, ironically, a lot of the red states were like, uh, okay, we, we, need need a, we need another crop here that mm. farmers can grow. Oh, people cha-ching, stopping smart, cha-ching. Yeah, people quitting so money smoking talks, a little right? bit. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. So that bottomed out. And it was really in Kentucky where the industry took root again. Um, and they uh, passed a, a, a law at that point um, that allowed farmers in various states to apply for licenses to grow hemp. And we were the first farm in New York licensed to uh, to grow, and that's because of your backdoor dealings. That was my backdoor deal. <laughs> Look we at you! Wrote the legislation it. to help wrote... make it more permissive. Did you New really? York. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that's uh, I did that. Big hemp, baby. <laughs> did you know I wrote the legislation in Sucho for ice cream trucks? Wait, what? <laughs> no. Did, really, I, you didn't write true? it well yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to live in this town in China, and I had an ice cream truck business, and uh, they never had one before. Right. So the government and I worked together on how they could regulate me. This, this, is, this is what you did? What's that? Sort of, yeah. I mean, so that's similar. Exactly I ended up, I... well, watch out, because they ended up just taking over my business, and now they Yeah. We, years uh... later, I got a good 10 years out of it before that <laughs> happened. But, uh, wow, so you you worked with them to create the we laws? We worked with, uh, with shout out to Donna Lepardo, the shout assemblywoman from, from Binghamton, um, who was- we uh, get her on the pod. Yeah, yeah she, she loves her drugs. Oh, she would, yeah, she'd be amazing. Book her, Matt. So, yeah, so she, she helped uh, write the legislation. We, we wrote the legislation with her, and we, we, we got it helped get it passed this through the backroom deal is that what it's likely is that what our friend gary johnson is that crony capital yeah, you know right. what it, you, know, you know what it was well, he's a big pot guy but yeah. how much did you contribute to her campaign <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were just talking about that because uh my partner and i because we we gave a donation that wasn't uh, a quid, wasn't hey, a quid hey, bro, no, we like that right? Right? Yeah, turner's big pro i'm, I'm a crony capitalist she's you know i'm not d- disparaging upstate new york but i think her donations were on average like five or ten dollars and we gave her a check and she's like ah this is a little too big. Can you break it down into some? Oh, <laughs> and we wasn't that big, but you know, she didn't want to be seen like there's anything to pass. And there was nothing delivered really, in know. a limousine. Limousine yeah. <laughs> of cash. Exactly. Weed and oh, cash. No, one of those briefcases opens up. <laughs> unmarked bills. I like it. Exactly. That's how things get done in, in Washington. Yeah. I mean, so we got Learned it from the uh, best over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got it. We got it passed through the, uh, through the assembly and, and we were the first farm, um, licensed to grow and uh now th- that was the easy part to be honest the harder part was getting an import permit from the dea to get seeds to plant oh, from canada because there was no domestic seed stock you can't just go to the illegal. plant store and- you can't just go to the plant store and buy <laughs> it you can't oh. so um we actually had to plant with a armed guard at our farm probably the first time outside of like Did you a hire chain gang 
We we had to pay their overtime salary. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, but this was a government employed or this was a, a um, private. Uh, this, no, this Blackwater. Was, <laughs> no, this was a <laughs> just uh, killing people. This, <laughs> yeah. Just shooting random kids. Yeah. This was uh, a police got, policeman uh, with a with a with a vest and a, and a Glock standing out as we were making sure that. No seed went, you know, uh, wow. uncounted. Did he ever have for... to clean his weapons? No, no. What a detail for him. The yeah. New York Times came out because they thought it was uh, so hilarious, and they did, like, a whole story on oh, it. That is the hilarious. The was over then. Yeah. But was it, was you... he also upset when he found out it couldn't get you high? We tried. It was a woman, actually. We tried to get her to uh, to eat some of the seeds, and she, she was not having that. That's so, so funny. <laughs> so, and then were you guys – I see you're organic. Yes. What does that mean with, with hemp? Like, how does what's, – what's organic? Organic? means that um you know no no herbicides no pesticides no chemicals are sprayed it's a lot more challenging to grow but you know you're not getting any of the chemical residue and so you know your competitors all they're they're not organic. there's no competitors what i want to get back to this because you have the only you got the first license and now step two yes as i know from dealing with China, you want to make sure no one else can then oh, get that license. monopoly. You want to monopolize. Yeah, ah. that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I probably was too a little uh, uh, lax in in, in my uh, trying to build up barriers around this. I look at it as like all boats rise. So I was happy that the industry took place. Oh, so there are world. others now. There are others. Most people doing yeah. hemp right now. Well, I should go back a second so hemp in 2018 was actually finally removed from the controlled substance list and made legal so now it is as legal as corn soy wheat you know any kind of commodity crop so in new york in the country so the federal the u.s farm bill took hemp off the controlled list and said great we get it this was dumb (laughs) let's now try and uh forget that ever happened and you know move forward now most Farmers who are getting involved in hemp are getting involved in in CBD. Do you guys know CBD? Yeah, I see. I I know of it. I'm very confused by it, though. I don't and know. I'm like, you know, I had a heart attack recently, and I'm right. looking for any new way to be healthier. So I don't know if a hemp CBD. I don't know what you tell me. What am I supposed to be having? So what is what's it? the benefit? What so hemp CBD? is the most heart healthy protein. So it is very good wow. for you. Wow, hemp's um, the most heart healthy protein. Good to know. Yeah, CBD is cannabidiol, and it is a chemical compound that is found in cannabis just like THC is. Um, but CBD is also found in hemp, where hemp has no THC. It has it has CBD as well. Isn't so, CBD strong, right? It's- CBD is, it, it, it gives you, um, there's a lot of medical benefits to it. It's an anti-anxiety, anti-inflammatory. It helps with... Um, uh, I know some dogs are on it. Yeah, in, in my neighborhood, there's, there's <laughs> CBT. I need it. Seizures. I need it <laughs> it's 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 pretty. I use it. I you know, of course, it's not a panacea for everything that that. that oh, is that what they have? Like, uh, with, with you, when you have back problems, and they massage into your back. It's a it's like, a salve. Yep, you can yeah, use it as, as a cream that. and things like that. So people are using it. You know, it, it's become a big craze. Um, so a lot of people are getting involved in in that aspect. Growing hemp for CBD is very different than what we do. We have a company that we just launched, an organic hemp food company called Eaton Hemp. EatonHemp.com. Um, E-A-T-O-N. E-A-T-O-N, which is the name of the town that the farm is in. So it's a, a nice, nice ode to upstate. Eaton. It's a good Eaton. pun. It's a good double Where is entendre. Eaton? It's yeah. upstate somewhere. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a little south of Syracuse. Oh, I should know this. I went to Syracuse. Did you? Okay. Yeah. So there you Next go. time I'm up there, when yeah. I take the kids to see the alma mater, I'll uh, stop in for some hemp. That's right. <laughs> it's good You're, for kids, Come right? on down. Yeah. Good. It is good for kids. Oh. Kids actually love it. Yeah. 
There yeah. you go. So not mine. But Kidslovehemp.com. Yeah. Kidslovehemp.com. Can you? Is there an age restriction on who can buy it? No, there is oh. none. And there is, you know, uh, my uh, our CEO partner has a um, a newborn, and uh, these are uh, our snacks are some of the first things that uh, that they put in their mouth. So oh. they love. Do you have hemp like formula and stuff for newborns? Or newborns? Well, there is <laughs> CBD. Milk. I'm sure. I'm hemp. sure. Oh, yeah, I'm milk. sure. Yeah. I'm sure. If you Google hemp formula, you yeah. probably actually see something there. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it like hemp is, protein. Well, it's a good right? prebiotic, so it is good for brain development. Oh, hear yeah. that? I should have done that. It's crazy. That stuff is illegal. <laughs> it is. No, <laughs> it really, it really is. So. so, what are you guys? What are you growing it for? So, we grow it for grain, which are the seeds itself. Um, which is whereas, if you're growing for CBD, you're trying to get the flower, like the bud. And we we grow for the actual seeds that the buds produce, and then we harvest it like you do wheat or corn with a big. John Deere tractor combine and so you're a real. Farmer. Are you out there on the I'm, tractor? I, I am out there. On uh, I am not driving the tractor because I don't trust myself yeah, to do that. Just take we, pictures. <laughs> just, I make it look like I am. Right, right? Instagram <laughs> out in the farm. <laughs> but yeah, so I we are. I do. Uh, I do spend a lot of time at the farm. You and, sleep and on the farm. I do. Sure yeah, yeah. Exactly. This out is in cr- the field. It's a whole life. Yeah. We also that. raise. Uh, we also raise uh, pastured uh, livestock for Fleischers, which is our. Our uh, butcher shops here in New oh, York. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, I've gotten some meat from them. There you go. So you've you've tasted eaten, my meat. Yeah, I'm sorry, but you know, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> steak. Actually, I did have a heart attack, so maybe I'll see you now. For- there. You <laughs> <go>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, producer Matt, get the lawsuit out. Yeah, get out the papers. <laughs> so That's you why have, I brought you here. You grow the seeds. We grow the seeds. Yeah, and then we we, we harvest those seeds, and then we turn them into delicious, uh, healthy snacks. Wow. And what are the types of snacks you can have in, like, what do we have here? So, oh, yeah, you brought some stuff for us. I know it's yeah. not a video here, but uh, these are what we call super squares. Super squares. Cashew coconut mango. They're kind oh. of like a baked granola crisp. Oh, all right. Wow. Sounds, the bag that sounds open. like the kind of thing I see at the uh, – can I try one? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, uh, go for and it. And then yeah. uh, these are um, super seeds, which are just the seeds itself. And these are um, these are maple cinnamon flavor. We have a bunch of different flavors on each. But you can get this these. This is the first in... time I've ever tasted anything on the air. Yeah, I don't think eating on the air is something. <laughs> should the should I feel in loves, time? Yeah, that's <laughs> good. Look at that hemp. You could hear the crunch, right? Yeah. That crunch. Oh yeah, that's good. Tastes like a granola bar. Yeah, yeah, and it's healthy. Heart healthy. Where do you sell this stuff? Uh, all the fairways, all the Fresh and Co's. Uh, we're getting more into Whole Foods. Right? Fresh and Co. Foods. My wife works for Fresh and Co. Oh, really? She works for a subsidiary. Yeah. Oh, um, right. Metro Catering. Yeah. Yep. Know those guys well. So, yeah, we're in all so, their stores and about six Whole Foods, Williamsburg, Guanis, and uh, just getting it. We're just getting started. So, we'll be in a lot it. more stores. Then you can buy them online as well. On our, on our wow! Site. Are yeah. you going to export to other countries? Hopefully, or how's that, are they legal and places to? They are. We were just over in Hong Kong and ah. talking to uh, some. Uh, we could use your language skills. I Let's can help you out. Sure. Okay. A little side projects here. Work for the. <laughs> I don't know. If I'm, I still don't know if I'm allowed to announce it, but someone I know, I can't say who, may be opening a comedy club in Hong Kong very soon. Okay, so, someone turn her nose. We can, we can uh, integrate. They can maybe do work out some sort of deal at the some snacks, some hemp yeah. snacks at, at the, the comedy club at yeah. the bar. <laughs> yeah, so you know, it's I think I think this has international appeal. Actually, hemp is really big in Asia because they're looking for an alternative source to fish as a protein because of the Fukuyama uh, nuclear reactor spill. So, so nuclear they, reactor benefit your uh, business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somebody's looking for an edge. Somebody's so, somebody, money, money, money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hemp is the only vegan alternative to fish oil, so it's uh, on, on the well, Korean oil. version. Yeah, fish oil is really in now, so you got fish oil. Yeah, so people uh, should tell me I should to, be having that. You should so. do. 
and you should do hemp oil. Hemp oil instead. I'm going to switch to hemp oil. Because I was taking fish oil actually for years, and I still had a heart attack. Hemp's an answer for everything. Right? But hemp oil, so. hemp oil will save me. <laughs> there you go. So do you live on the farm? Uh, I'm back and forth. I live in the city, and then I'm up at the, the farm. Uh, mostly there during the, the, the warmer months, because I'm not a fan of, you know, 20, 30 below. Yeah, uh, but you're not looking winners, to cash but... in on the, like, in New York, people are really into, like, these, like, uh, what do you call those farms? Like, lo- everything's, like, local, and they have things that pa- they bring you CSAs. Your- CSAs. That's yeah, the word yeah, yeah. We don't do, uh, we don't yeah, do we that. don't do CSAs, yeah. Uh, yeah. What's a CSA? It's like, um, you know, they have, it's a consolidation of, like, local small growers. You that, sign up. Oh, and they sign no. up. And you don't get to pick usually what you order. They just give you a right. bunch of stuff. No. I, it's, I want and you few, have to work for them a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a few years ago, I signed up for one because I had a cantaloupe that was the best thing I've ever tasted. I thought it was the greatest thing, and it was just a big... Everything went wrong with this farm. They had a flood. They all they, they were just they should have been selling hemp. I think full, they went of, under. full of excuses. They, they owed me fun. a lot of money at the end of the day, so I'm not gonna give the name. But how yeah. many uh, hipsters do you employ yeah. under who work on? It's your very hipster. Have, though, right? We have a zero hipster policy. <laughs> nice. <Wow. laughs> yeah, but up where we are, it's not hipsterville. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, we're not, not a, we're not a Hudson Valley farm. We, you know, it's funny that you asked why we why we were able to kind of get a license and, and do what we did is because. We weren't two white guys with dreadlocks that walked in and, you know, hey, you know, I want to grow hemp. So we were, you know, came in coming from legitimate business, legitimate backgrounds. And they saw we actually invited, you know, the the secretary of ag and all the state assembly folks up to the farm and they could watch. You know, big green tractors roll over hundreds of acres of hemp, and I think a light bulb went off and said, uh, "There's money to be made here." So, wow, this is a- and is there? There is. I mean, I think hemp is a, is a really interesting. You know, it's farming. It's it's still you're still uh, beholden to Mother Nature and and all the wrath that she brings now that uh, you know climate change is is a real. Is thing. climate change good or bad for hemp? No, no. Is it, it real? That's <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna. Climate change well, is real. We'll say it's real. <laughs> no. Is it good or bad? It's terrible because weather volatility. We so we grow on our farm, but we're scaling our business up. So we have to actually have to partner with other farms growing hemp in North Dakota, which I was lucky enough to visit. And uh, they need a comedy club up there. Too. Oh North yeah, North Dakota. They need to laugh up North Dakota. They need to laugh. They need to laugh. So you hear that, people? Climate change is going to ruin hemp. So you have to eat it now. That's true. You have like ten years. The world's <laughs> going to end. I thought you were going to say you have to like save the climate. No, in ten years though, we're, we're fucked. We're not going to do anything about well, it. So I mean, we have to ha- eat your hemp now. Buy as much as you can. Yeah. Good and point. support the hemp farmers. I mean, look at look you know look at what we're having in New York. The shitty weather we've had for the last couple months. Yeah. Why is it freezing in May? Yeah. Definitely a reason to eat hemp. <laughs> yeah. So, all, all so what? Forward. From the time you, because I can't even the, the concept of just opening a farm. Yeah. First of all, it seems like it would take a decade. Well, luckily, I I or my partner had the farm already for a decade, so oh, he did. I bought into it. Um, I, I had I had the ready-made farm that was. I, look, I'm a Jewish kid from Great Neck, Long Island. I, being Turner a, doesn't know, but there's a lot of Jews in Great Neck. Long yeah, Island. I know Weber. I know Weber. <laughs> yeah, so Weber, you do know yeah. uh, a regular. That's a good pod. callback. Jimmy um, Brodos too. <laughs> nice. There's two. So there two. You're the third Great Neck guest you've had. Really? And hey. You're all all from all Jewish. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, you. That's you know, you, you get someone from Great Neck. It's a 95 percent chance. We'll have, we'll have to have Nishad on. <laughs> to, that was it. But yeah. So Nishad. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Shout out to Nishad. You know all these people. <laughs> of course. Oh. It's he's the one non. He's the non-Jew. He's the non-Jew. Yeah. That's true. But but yeah. So. I, I look. I never thought in a million years I'd become like a pig slash hemp farmer, and yeah. So, but pig. oh, so pig. pig. Yeah, pig. Now I'm with you. Oh, okay. a, a Jew with pigs. I like. Yeah, exactly. Kaplan doesn't eat pork. It convince him why he's wrong. I mean, bacon's the best. Yeah, well, I don't no. eat any. I don't even need. I had a vegan. Someone offered me vegan bacon yesterday. I said no to no. that. I won't eat anything with the pork even flavor. Have you tri- oh wow! Have you tried the Impossible Burger? 
No, that sounds. Do you know what that is? Is that a vegan burger? It is. I'll a, eat a burger, a regular burger. So it tastes just like a burger. It's just it's now in like a Beyond Meat and Impossible. Yeah, burger. but isn't this your enemy? You don't want to promote these people. Eh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, look, we need a hemp burger. Yeah, hemp burger. Yeah, that'll eat. There are hemp burgers too. Yeah. Really, hemp is a ingredient that you can make really anything. Is from, it like so. with some areas of the country? Do you need to? Is there another name for hemp you can use? An alternate name? Because people hear that and they think like we're idiots. We thought it's like a drug that's going to get. Everyone high. thinks it's pot. You yeah. know what? If I and I. If I can go back and rebrand hemp with another name, it, it would have a much different connotation than yeah. what it does now. And, and I think that's the that's the down that's the, the challenge for us as a as a burgeoning hemp company is to educate people that look this is if you look at the back of our of our labels here, you know there's a there's a marijuana leaf with a with a cross between it, so that you know you, you know that that's this is safe. There's to no, eat. no marijuana THC, in this. No marijuana. So I kind of I kind of got sidetracked, but um, you said the ten year thing. You said your 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 partner had already had it, but it, was he already growing hemp? He was not growing hemp. No, because it was uh, yeah. Hey, there's too far. It was it so was then illegal. from like the time you start, you plant the seeds mm-hmm. until you can actually sell them. How long does that take? You you get one grow season a year. Um, so you grow in June. And you harvest in September, October. So it's a 90, 120 days. And then um, right from, you know, you, har- you dry the seed down, you, and then it goes right into production. And does daylight savings time help you? Because they always tell us <laughs> yeah, it helps far- farmers. Uh, yeah. no. I never met a farmer. Yeah. I'm anti-daylight savings. Aye, so am <laughs> I. So you can make it. You can get in the back room. That you can be, be in the next... room where it happens and make, and make these changes. My next challenge. Yeah. <laughs> get rid of daylight data. savings. I, did, I got terrorism, hemp, and if I could do daylight savings. That's the big three. Do you have kids? I could die happy. No kids. With kids, it's the worst, this time change. Because then you have like a day... Where like you can't get them asleep, right? You know, it's just a total disaster. But and they always tell us it's because it they, supports farmers. Yeah, but no. they never. T- whenever you ask why, they don't know the next the, reason. There's a town or, or or city in Indiana that does just doesn't play by those rules. They don't do the the daylight savings. We got bulls. We got to move to that yeah. town. There you go. We got to have someone on from here. Yeah. <laughs> they really just don't? there's one just town. Don't. Yeah. Has it never been like a. So like it's all people are always getting times wrong yeah. when they come visit. You guys remember if you're big Seinfeld fans, you remember when Kramer just had enough of daylight savings and he just set his watch back. Yes. And he just operated as if like everybody's working off my yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, we gotta start doing that. <laughs> so um how can people get your product? Yeah, so we sell them um at Fairways, Fresh and Co, Whole Foods, uh, and then on our website, uh eatonhemp.com. E A T O N hemp.com. And uh, yeah, does Amazon sell it? Amazon, not yet, no. but we will be into Amazon. The Whole Foods, Amazon. I thought maybe. we're tr- yeah. Cap's trying to figure out a way we. Can I'm make trying money. a way to make money off you, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> if they buy it through our website and then buy oh, yours, we. Get... I'll. I will give you make guys. Make some calls. I will give you a discount code. Oh, let's do that. that. Do you want to make it up now? And then yeah, let's okay. make it up now. You guys choose. How many letters do we need? Whatever. I don't lost? know. Whatever you want. Should we go with lost? L O S T. L O S T. Yeah. And you can get a uh, a fat discount. Sweet. That is, so they go you haven't come up with the discount as yet, but by the time this airs, we'll have See, it. What a deal broker. <laughs> this guy. This yeah, guy. I got it done. He worked his now, where's through. the briefcase of cash that we were expecting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it was been, it's been a crazy journey for me, but it's uh, it's been fun. So, Do you ever see yourself getting back into counterterrorism? No. I, I, <laughs> it's not like, you know, I guess, uh, what was that what Schwarzenegger movie, Commando, where you know he's living up in the... <laughs> it's very witness protection. Yeah, like they're not going to... We needed to come back. Oh, yeah. One <laughs> last job. Oh, yeah. One, One last, last job. job. Yeah, There's exactly. this guy. Yeah, and you're way up there. It's perfect. Bin, yeah. bin Laden had a protege. That's right. <laughs> you're the only one who had his number. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, 
Is your brother Tyler gonna get this? Is I think this pays better than the government. He should do this. He should do this. But this is a great movie idea because then you come back and you want it to all operate the old way, right? Yeah. And there's and all these new, new systems, kids. and you don't yeah. like the new systems. Yeah, those millennials. They're making fun of the computer everything. program you were using in 2010. <laughs> exactly. Wow. So you're just gonna? Uh, just, this is it. We're gonna write that movie. And I'm it's, a farmer now. Man. You're a farmer. Yeah. He's gonna be a farmer in the town in Indiana in the movie that doesn't have daylight savings time. Right. And then we're, from there <laughs> we're going Pennsylvania. I know the perfect guy to write it. Yep. What, me, <laughs> Weber. No yeah. more plugs for Michael Yeah, Weber. we don't use right, him. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and then, what's the plan for the business? How how big do you think this can get? Well, we we hope it gets real big. We want it to be the the national brand of record for premium organic hemp snacks, and we think there's a real opportunity. And we worked the last two years on formulating um, not just the products that you guys just tasted, but we are coming out with protein powders and. Um, pizza crust and oh. granola and a whole slew of things that would the uh, pizza crust be gluten free? It is. Gluten-free. Look at that! You guys, I'm back for you. I found out today, this morning, that I can never have gluten ever again. You found out this morning? This morning. Who told you? A doctor told you, or just I, like some guy in the street? I was like, some homeless uh, guy screaming. <laughs> 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 it was like a, you got your your, your cards read. Yeah. You believe them now? No, so, yeah, doctor. So then I you went and made the crust. You didn't have it. Before? I, I had. Did, wh- how long have you been gluten? Like nine months. Are you celiac, or are you just? Uh, no, he's just back problems. It's, it's uh, it was a slip disc in my back okay. that now like inflammation, gluten, okay. it's dairy, terrible. Cause yeah. it, it's awful. Like I had I had a cake last night, mm. and there's too much sugar in it, and then now my back today I can hardly. Yeah, well, that's I used to be, and I'm trying to get back into it when i used to be super healthy about that like if you go off it for a second you're like it's a disaster yeah so yeah so just uh, eat hemp eat hemp cake you yeah can, hemp is all it's all gluten-free it's vegan it's non-gmo it's kosher the whole the whole nine yards kosher. we call it the we call these these Turner doesn't want kosher but i'm no. fine with, i don't know what that means so i'm good with that <laughs> it means no bacon in the cake oh no i'm out i'm out i'm not eating any hemp bacon there you but, go did, right. So you found out this morning that you're... I found out this morning. I've Yikes. had three endoscopies to figure out what was going on with my esophagus. And uh, uh. I'm not going to bore people here, but I have eosinophilic esophagitis, which is a, an, an allergy. It's one of these new, new allergies, allergies that yeah. they find. There's a lot of new ones it's in America. crazy. I don't know what the hell's going on. They're hip. But hip I can't allergy, do gluten. Yeah. So I, when I knew that, I had one last gluten meal, and I was like, all right. That's it. Did you go like pizza? What's your last gluten meal? I, I'll give like... a shout out to Daily Provisions. They have a chicken cutlet sandwich that is... You know, on Shabbat of bread, and Ooh. this is like my good. He's like an alcoholic. Like, yeah. I'm going to go get hammered one <laughs> exactly. last time, That's... then I'm going to rehab tomorrow. I said, the doctor said, I said, well, can I cheat like a little bit? Like, it, do we, he's like, we don't know if it's a crumb or like a loaf. So, yeah. Like, no. Yeah, man. Jeez, all right. Well, then you went and had one more sandwich, but yeah. yeah, exactly. I was like, all right, if I'm gonna have... die. I'll just, you know, yeah. you got a lot of Japanese food in your future. That's right. Chinese, a lot of rice. Well, soy though. Gluten free soy sauce. Yeah. Tomorrow we make it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, <laughs> Dan, thank you guys. Thank you for doing the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody, check Everyone out hemp. Eaton Hemp. E A T O N Hemp. That's it. Cap. Should we get to the news? Play the music. All right. Play the music. Thank you to Dan for doing the podcast. Everybody check him out at yeah. Eaton. That was one of our most educational podcasts. I Very educational. I feel a lot smarter after that. Yeah. First news story of the week comes to us from the Daily Mail, Kaplan. Speaking of sm- getting smarter. 
Yes. Now you're in for a treat, folks. One of our favorites. Student arrested after eating free KFC for a year <laughs> by posing as a boss from, quote, head office. That guy's, uh, this is genius. This guy's hero of the week. I mean, hero of the year. Hero That's- of the year. He said he claimed that he was there testing standards from the head office. Yeah. And uh, the man, he said every time he went, they said he wore a suit and he arrived in a limousine. Oh, so wait, he's paid money on a limousine? Yeah, that's the best part. <laughs> Counterproductive if you're going to go to KFC. The best part of the story is that you're spending more money on the limousine than you would on free KFC. Right. Well, maybe he owns a limousine. He, tar- and he hired his friend to drive it. That's or, true. They said he targeted, K- K- he targeted KFCs in Durban, England. And uh, yeah, that's it. So I, I don't know. This goes along. Can I, my theory, which I've had for a long time, that um, we're all co- we're all comedians around here. Six months, one time, one day, all, six months. Yeah, all three of us. Uh, it's you can do stand up comedy at any single, at least bar show in New York City, maybe not comedy club, by just walking in, figuring out who's hosting the show, telling them like, "Hey, man, I got to run, so I really have to go on next." <laughs> yeah, and then they'll be like, "Yeah, sure, come on up." And they're like, "What's your name?" You tell them your name. They'll introduce you. You do your set. You leave. No one has any idea. Right. But the difference is if you're you don't know what you're doing. If you're, there's no like, um, the audience might figure it out. I the mean, audience might die. Will, no, if you're an actual, if you've been doing comedy, Matt did it for six months. He could, uh, he could, Cap, you could do this. Just walk in and be like, oh, hey, I'm visiting from out of town. I got to go on next. And they'll be like, all right, we'll put you on. I mean, you, your jig might be up. Especially after. if I show up with a limousine. Yeah. yeah now, we, you know, know, now we're talking. <laughs> I'm a big famous comedian. <laughs> to, to the grizzly pair in a limousine <laughs> and a tuxedo it's, saying, it, I'm going on next, baby. I mean, this is like, it's, it's funny. They, they didn't figure this out. My dad, Dr. Bob Kaplan's getting second shot of the podcast. He used to go to TCBY frozen yogurt announce on every single day. Yeah. And then people start giving him free stuff. The girls who worked there, okay, because they thought he was like he worked. He was like a spy for the owners. Oh, like why secret ask, shopper? Because he was like ask them questions or something. So Mystery they, shopper. So yeah, they started uh, treating him. So you get treated differently when you go to the same place all the time already. Yes. So it's an easy move. I can see how you can make this move. I just wonder why, a how they figured it out, and b like why did he only do it at KFC? Like he didn't try it at Taco Bell or at. People love uh, KFC. Foreigners yeah. love KFC. Uh, they do. There's this crazy KFC in the United States. Forever. I know we have a lot of listeners abroad. I know it's big in China. We've. Yeah, but KFC in the United States, I would say it's a minor brand Very compared minor. to uh, McDonald's, Burger King. Um, I like Popeye's ta- chicken if we're going Popeye, chicken. Taco Bell, <laughs> the big ones. You don't see KFC that much, but then the minute you step out of the uh, continental United States, the lower 48, it really goes nuts. They just dominate the world. They dominate the world. They're like the English soccer. They're like a, the more, they're not that popular in America. But it's the Premier League of yeah. fast food. <laughs> they're the yes. Oasis or something. Yes, it's never caught on. But it's everywhere else around the world. Places that don't even have McDonald's have KFC. So this guy, maybe he's just my wife. Yeah, loves. Well, she loves Popeyes better now that she's got to America. Mm, but she did used learned. to love KFC. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let me even try this one day with uh, some other brands. Well, you said people could do this at the um, at the the film festival. You're. Uh, I did tell Try them. Film I tell them to not say they're the owner because that wouldn't work. But if you said you knew me, so I don't know if anyone them. did it. I don't know. Put on a suit and you can get in anywhere around the United States. Like it, I mean, I when I lived, I was in LA when I was in college, and this kid I was with had this idea of we were wearing suits already for these meetings we were doing, and he's like, just walk. We we're in a film set. Yeah, we were wearing suits, and we were walking in. We walked into the Price is Right. You just look like important, or you like we're so young. We must have they thought we we're like some kids of someone important, right? Yeah, we just got jobs. We got into the West Wing. We were like literally on set watching a scene. And they asked us what we were doing. They were like, "Oh, we have a meeting with Aaron the, Sorkin." The TV show, The West Wing. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, right this way." And they brought us to Aaron Sorkin's office. He See? was thankfully not there. I don't know what we would have done, <laughs> but, but yeah, if you wear a suit, especially things have gotten more casual. 
you can get away with a lot. Or in China, I don't know if this works anymore, but in 2004, I got into, I went to a Kings Rockets basketball game. I got into the um, the Rockets locker room. We're in a suit? No, I think it was just because I was white. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, in China, <laughs> being suit. white is having a suit. That's the same. The, yeah, it's the equivalent of the a, suit. A suit privilege. Is yeah, it? suit privilege. Craig Radell was the guy, by the way, shout out, who brought me in L.A., but yeah. That's yeah. great. Mine, we walked in, Jeff Van Gundy, and I ended up talking to Jeff Van Gundy and, uh, and uh, Pat Ewing, because Ewing was an assistant coach at the time, and then Matumbo ended up <laughs> hanging out with us after. It was a great scene. Yeah, all right. Take Matumbo to KFC next time. Next story comes to us from the Business Insider. Okay. I feel like we just had a Business Insider. By the way, was he a real? Uh, he was a real crony capitalist. I'm re- I'm voting for him. Yeah. If he's running. When, for he's going to run one day. Yeah. Be- Thousands of Swedes are having microchips implanted into their bodies <laughs> so that they don't need to carry key cards, ID cards, and even train tickets anymore. That's really a good idea. That is. Yeah. Are you in favor? I mean, I guess if people do it voluntarily, that's a fine thing to have as an option. 3,000 people in Sweden have done this voluntarily so far. But Inserted it's a, little a microchip. It's, a tiny, it's tiny as a grain. It's as small as a grain of rice. I mean, you can't commit any crimes ever again, I assume. Yeah, it's I'm pretty out. pretty stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, you're tracking. I mean, we already track ourselves with our phones, but you're literally. But, like, yeah. You're, it's, it's in you for good. I mean, I would. Why are you putting a chip into you voluntarily, the government? I mean, the reason why they do it is to make life, like, tiny bit. One percent more convenient. Yeah, that's people. I've said this before. People will give up all sorts of privacy things. Anything if it's for like convenience. Yeah, they don't care. They just like you know. Click. No, but then here's the thing. Eventually, Cap. Now that I know this is happening in Sweden, I guarantee you, ten years from now, you and I will both have, and producer Matt will have microchips in our bodies. And here's the reason why: even nah, if we don't want not to, not in America. Yeah, cold. Here, telling you, here's even if we don't want to. This happened with cell phones. I never wanted a cell phone. Did you? When everyone had one, yeah, I'm not I, getting one. No, I wanted it because I wanted a way to put girls' phone numbers in. I could not. My handwriting is so messy, though. I write it down. <laughs> I get it <laughs> yeah. wrong every time. So it was, well, it was huge for my dollar. I didn't want one. But then what happens is, and it's going to happen with these microchips, once everyone in your friend group has one and you're the one person who doesn't, they shame you into getting one. Oh, okay. They shame so you what's going like, to happen We can't is, find you. You're always lost. Yeah. Not, where I can't call I, then, you. They're going through security. And they go in immediately. It's like the TSA pre-check. How, like, I've been shamed. I used to get shamed before I had TSA pre-check when I go on friend, trips with friends. Yes. And they're like, oh, i got to wait for you. I'm just leaving you. You're gone. My Fuck parents you. shame me. Yeah. When they go, whenever I, we travel with them, they go, they get there 45 minutes before their flight because they're like, we have TSA pre-check. Meanwhile, I don't. Yeah. So, all right. I see how that's going to happen. I mean, I would be okay with it for kids, but I feel like once they're 18, they should have the right to take it out. I think it's the opposite. <laughs> well, I think uh, you shouldn't have it in kids. Well, because parents can, for our parents, I mean. Oh, and, yikes. Because that's where this is going to go in you, America. That's exactly where it's going <laughs> first. Yeah. I think it's because uh, like, you get on a subway, you get on a train, you have, to, like you said, through security. When you're the slowest one because you don't have the chip in you, yeah. everyone's going to hate you. And you're like, fine, I'll get the chip. I mean, Pancakes Kaplan has a microchip, and I guess it hasn't hampered her at all. So. Your dog has a microchip? Yeah, they do that in New York because if you lose them. That's ridiculous. In theory, if someone found your dog, they could bring it to a vet. They could read the microchip number. They have all my information. I don't so, like that. No? <laughs> you want people to lose their dogs? I don't. I just don't <laughs> you're think You're for anyone... the civil rights of dogs? Like I don't, I, yeah, I'm very woke. <laughs> you're very, yeah, it's a super libertarian. <laughs> Last story of the week comes to us from, oh, this is funny. Weber sent it to us, but it's from Matthew Brennan, some guy on Twitter. We're now, we're just, this is the, how the news really devolves into it's a, we're just, just going to take people's tweets. That's a real slippery slope. We do this. At Mr. Brennan China. Oh, now we're giving him a name? Well, that's his. I'm giving. Uh, it, I don't want to just steal his story. Hey, all right, all right. Chinese company is selling phone cradle for boosting your phone's daily step count. So what happens is, uh, some insurance companies in China are allowing people who consistently reach a certain daily step count to get discounts on health insurance. 
Oh. And so this company has come out where they create this thing. It Did looks like, like a like a baby. Fake it. Like rocking a baby, but it just rocks your phone to make sure your phone's getting the step count. I mean, that, now that's going to catch on in America. That's because genius. That is, and not even for health insurance, just because Americans, I know so many people have. Oh, the, so you can post it. They like to post it or like tell you how, people love to tell you how much they walk, especially in New York. They love mm. to have the miles. So then they could cheat. Everyone's obsessed with their count. I mean, it's like, like I don't, I have a health insurance where you get, um, you get like a two hundred dollars if you if you go to the gym a certain amount of times every six months. Really? And you just have to provide like a receipt like from the gym, like. But you could literally sign. You hear that, China? Come you, up with well, a. Well, you fake. could sign into New York Sports Club and then use the bathroom and leave, and it doesn't say how much you did there. Like, and then and it would count. Like, there's no. So it's the same kind of thing. So China We've has to come up this. with like a person that'll just go do that for you. Yeah. Well, they've. Yeah. Well, they probably. I mean, I didn't know they, they have health insurance in China. Like, it's not just the government. I thought it was like the government just gives it to you. Or yeah. Maybe this is like for rich people. Or no, I guess I don't know. I should know that. <laughs> you should know that. I yeah. should know that. Do your employees there? have insurance. You I were... lived there for twelve years. Yeah, everyone had health insurance, but I think we got it through the government. Like the basic version is through. It's like uh, maybe Obamacare. Right, but there's different. Maybe different. They versions, must or... have upscale. Yeah, they do have upscale ones because I remember they always used to come around and try to like I AIG. Those companies were out there. That's like life insurance, I think. Huh? They would try to sell us company health insurance. I always, I would say yeah. no. I'm like, like, we're good I, with the government. I, my workers, they don't. Yeah, screw them. come on. They'll take what they can get. They're not going to get hurt in the job here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then, so then, yeah. All right. Well, but it's a, that's a great idea. I'm all for companies uh, screwing insurance companies. I'm all for cheating in to make in, yourself just, feel better. Just cheating. Why? I mean, is walking? It's not, people get this false sense. Like I've learned, people get this false sense. They think like they walk a lot. They're in great shape. It's not the case. They're like, I mean, I walk a, a ton. Let me tell you, and I'm not in great shape. Yeah, you got a heart attack. <laughs> so the walking did nothing. You got to run. You got to build in your... awful shape. <laughs> in awful shape. So I'm here you to tell you. You look like you're in good shape, though. You are now. That's the that is post heart attack. Post heart attack. I and we just great. ate some hemp. I'm eating hemp. I'm on a whole new thing. I'm going to be rededicated to the gluten. It's a new kick. I have to ask Dr. Shree, who I wonder if uh, our guests would have known. I forgot to ask him that, but if Dr. If, Shree Grandi, if he knows if hemp's good for the heart too, I want to get that corroborated. I'm not going to listen to big crony capitalists on that. No, <laughs> no, I love the crony capitalists. <laughs> All, right. All right, Cap, that's the show. All right, this first one's we didn't. Uh, I haven't broken anything. I spilled some hemp seeds here. I'm gonna clean it up. Early review, producer Matt. What do you think? How do we do? How do, what do you think of this show? Oh, it was a great interview. I thought you get killing it right now. Oh, he's got to stay awake for us. We're, we're gonna... killing it one for one. <laughs> one for one, baby. There's also I want to review this. Uh, can we review the studio a little bit? Yeah, sure. I like, there's cool stuff on the walls. Yeah. Um, there's, other, there's also like grandstands. There's seats here. So if, if we want to do a live pod and we get really right. lazy. I had a, we could maybe auction the, off someone who can come watch us. This is the crone fa- cradle, the phone cradle thing of doing a live pod. We don't have to do it downstairs. We can just do, people can just come in here and watch acoustics. us. acoustics. Yeah. I don't know if I can do stand up here, but. Yeah. You oh, know, you're right. We can't do stand up. Uh, yeah, it's Ikram and the boys. They should have, they should have made the room nicer for us. They See, sh- that's what you, yeah, no, you get. We love them. <laughs> we love them. They're not listening to this lady. That's pod. it. So we're going to be here every week. Here's the thing. Here's the truth, though. We need now this crunch time. We've done 130 episodes. We moved up to the big leagues. We need to move up the charts in the Stand Up New York right. podcast network. Right. So people, subscribe. Tell your friends. Review. We're legit. We're going to be getting big, big guests, big, bigger and better guests yes. every single week. We need to knock some of these people off. We're coming for you. <laughs> Sherrod Small. <laughs> New You're goal. going down. That's it, Cap. Right. Come that out. No- wait, wait, wait. Come out to, to my live album recording. Uh, June you can 7th. get it at turnersparks.com. Get your tickets. June 7th. Dr. Bob Kaplan, I want to see him there. I want to see your crazy uncle there. I want to see the whole Kaplan crew there. I need everybody, anybody and everybody. So if you're listening right now and you live in New York, you're coming. All right. That's it, Cap. What should we do? Let's get lost. Get lost.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.